WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A Hartford man has been found guilty of two of three charges in a crash that killed a Van Buren County Road Commission worker last year. Logan Brown was charged with drunk driving causing death, operating in a work zone causing death, and driving without insurance in the death of 58-year-old Renee Rangel of Dwajak. A jury today returned guilty verdicts on the charges of operating in a work zone causing death and driving without insurance. Brown was found not guilty of drunk driving. Renee Rangel had been working in a construction zone in Lawrence Township on March 3rd of last year when he was struck by Brown's vehicle. Van Buren County Road Commission Managing Director Brett Witkowski tells us Road Commission staff watched Brown's four-day trial. He says the mood is somber. I'm not sure if it really brings peace, just maybe to the knowledge that I believe it's sentencing. It's an April person who caused the needless death of Renee. is, is going to sit in jail for a while and have to think about what he's caused, or not just Renee, but his family and his friends and his loved ones. Police say that Brown failed to follow traffic controls and struck Wrangle while trying to pass another vehicle in the construction zone. Now that he's been found guilty in the crash, Wachowski says the case is a reminder to all drivers to be careful in work zones. Renee never left his house Friday morning thinking, oh, this is my last day. Never left the garage here in Lawrence thinking this is my last day. And then sadly, within an hour, it was his last day. Brown faces up to 15 years in prison. He'll be sentenced in April. A murder is under investigation in Benton Township. The Benton Township Police Department says officers were called to a home in the 900 block of East Empire on Sunday to investigate a missing person. They found an 80-year-old man dead, and police say the death is suspicious and is being investigated as a homicide. The name of the victim has not been released. Anyone with information on the death is asked to contact the Benton Township Police Department. One person is dead following a fiery crash in Buchanan Township today. Michigan State Police say troopers from the Niles Post were called to the scene near the 14,000 block of Range Line Road about 6.45 a.m., their investigation found the driver of a Ford 250 Transit van had been southbound when the vehicle left the road and hit a tree head-on. The vehicle then caught fire with the driver trapped inside. The driver was pronounced dead at the scene, and police are working to learn their identity. It's unknown if drugs or alcohol were factors in the crash, which remains under investigation. The Benton Township Fire Department is raising funds to launch a public education program. Chief Robert Harper tells us they're working with a firm called United States Fire Safety Services to get materials to help spread the message of fire prevention among kids and seniors. He says such efforts used to be baked into the department's budget, but costs have gone up. The budget is tight and things have to give. I'm finding it hard to find the money for public education. And with this program that we're doing now, it's raising funds so we can continue that. Not only just getting out to the public schools and the charter schools, and we, we visited a couple home schools. We also want to expand it into senior housing. Harper says they want to reach all residents. We have a growing Hispanic population in the community. So, you know, we'd, we'd like to get materials in English and Spanish. The fire department has sent letters to businesses throughout the township to ask for donations. $75 could provide materials for 25 children, and the materials being bought from U.S. Fire Safety Services include coloring books, stickers, and helmets. Harper says this is the first time the department's done something like this. Anyone who wants to help can contact the Benton Township Fire Department or send a check. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is seeking bids from Berrien County organizations to work with a home visiting program. It says the Home Visiting Local Leadership Group will provide services linking pregnant people, young children, and their families to supports they may need in Berrien County. The department's request for proposals is open to 501c3 nonprofits, private and public entities, 
health departments, federally recognized tribes, and universities. The program they will serve will visit residents in their homes to provide support services. The five-month award begins May 1st and will end September 30th, and $100,000 available. We'll have more information for local nonprofits on our website. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources has announced that it's canceling the 2024 Black Lake sturgeon harvest due to warmer temperatures and unsafe ice conditions. The season was set to start over the weekend in Detroit with a strict catch limit of six sturgeon for the protective native fish. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service biologist Jason Fisher says the state and his agency have been working to increase the Black Lake sturgeon population over the past 20 years with some success. They are threatened and we want to keep tabs on their population. We're able to tag a fish, release it, and when we recapture these fish over time, we're able to start to get a, a better idea of how many fish are out there. And Fisher credits rearing and stocking efforts, research and protection of spawning adult fish and more. The DNR has worked on sturgeon rehabilitation with the group Sturgeon for Tomorrow, as well as tribal agencies, Michigan State University, and the Tower Kleber Limited Partnership. This is the first time the Black Lake season's ever been canceled. The Speaker Series of South Haven has announced its upcoming programs commemorating a decade of lectures. It says the Spring Series will kick off on April 18th with the impact of climate change on Lake Michigan, presented by Drew Gronwald, an associate professor of ecosystem science at the University of Michigan. He'll share some research that demonstrates the extent to which Lake Michigan is warming and the long-term effects those changes will have on fisheries and coastal communities. The spring series will continue on May 23rd with Artificial Intelligence and Media Literacy by Sue Ellen Christian, a professor of communications at Western Michigan University. Also, a presentation by Michigan Chief Medical Executive Dr. Natasha Bagdasarian is planned for the fall. She'll talk about gun violence in Michigan. Further announcements are planned. Each presentation starts at 7 p.m. at the South Haven campus of Lake Michigan College and admissions $10. You can find out more at SouthHavenSpeakerSeries.org. The U.S. Department of Agriculture wants to hear from specialty crop farmers in Michigan, as well as around the country. USDA Undersecretary Jenny Lester Moffitt says they want to better understand the challenges that those farmers face and how to improve industry programs. We have launched a specialty crop competitiveness initiative. This is really about hearing from producers, from specialty crop farmers around the country about some of the challenges and also the opportunities um, that the specialty crop producers have um, in really uh, remaining competitive here and then also being remaining competitive abroad in export markets as well. Michigan's the nation's top producer for various specialty crops. They include asparagus, black and small red beans, marigolds, and squash. And there's a new push to ensure quality food and drinks are sold in gas stations around Michigan. In late November, the Michigan Petroleum Association adopted a policy that would require member gas stations and convenience stores to adhere to use-by dates. Group President Mark Griffin says they're urging stations to provide quality, healthy foods and produce. We're made up primarily of family-owned small businesses. We're petroleum wholesalers. We're gas station convenience store operators. And it came to our attention that there were concerns not only in Detroit, but elsewhere in the state, where some of the convenience stores had products on their shelves that had expired or the use-by dates were passed. Griffin says it's the first time a policy like this has been adopted. The group is also urging members to make restrooms available to all customers. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. King Charles III has been diagnosed with a form of cancer, but Buckingham Palace has not confirmed exactly what it is. 
ABC royal contributor Victoria Murphy explained from London what the protocols are when the royal family is ill. They're straddling the fact that he's head of state. They have to talk to people about this in some form. They have to explain why he is going to be away from public duties for so long, why we will not see him. But at the same time, they are balancing his right to privacy as an individual, the fact that this is a very personal thing. And we have a precedent here with the royal family where there is no obligation in this country for them to give details of their medical condition. We saw that with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. A drone attack on a base housing U.S. troops in eastern Syria killed six Kurdish fighters late on Sunday. The U.S.-backed Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces said Monday the attack hit a training ground at Al-Omar Base in Syria's eastern province, where the forces commando units are trained. No casualties were reported among U.S. troops. An umbrella group of Iran-backed Iraqi militias dubbed the Islamic Resistance in Iraq released a video claiming responsibility for the attack and showing them launching a drone from an unspecified location. In late January, a drone attack by the umbrella group killed three U.S. troops and wounded dozens more at a desert base in Jordan. The bipartisan compromise that contains border reforms along with funding for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan is due for a test vote in the Senate this week. It needs 60 votes to advance, but Republicans in the House say the Senate shouldn't even bother trying, says ABC's Stephen Portnoy. Despite the expressed intent of backers who say it would curb border crossings and the fears of liberals who say it's too strict, House Republican leaders say the Senate bill would incentivize more illegal immigration. Speaker Mike Johnson and his team say the emergency border shutdown provisions are riddled with loopholes. Without changes, they argue the Senate would be wasting its time trying to pass a bill that's dead on arrival in the House. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is meeting with Saudi Arabia's crown prince at the start of his fifth visit to the Middle East since the outbreak of the war in Gaza. He hopes to press ahead with a potential ceasefire and post-war planning while tamping down regional tensions. But on all three fronts, he faces major challenges. Hamas and Israel are publicly at odds over key elements of a potential truce. Israel has dismissed U.S. calls for a path to a Palestinian state. And Iran's militant allies in the region have shown little sign of being deterred by U.S. strikes. President Biden is wrapping up a campaign swing in the West, spending some of his Monday in Las Vegas. More maybe sees Karen Travers. President Biden stopped by a hotel in Las Vegas Monday to meet with culinary union members at an employee cafeteria. The president thanked them for their support and for continuing to have faith in their union, saying organized labor is, quote, on a roll recently. The president reiterating his message on the strength of the U.S. economy. We've created almost 15 million brand new jobs just in three years, more than any president has in American history in that period of time. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. A black woman and a group of young girls who were wrongfully forced out of their car, held at gunpoint and handcuffed by police in suburban Denver in 2020 have reached a $1.9 million legal settlement. A lawyer for Brittany Gilliam announced the deal with the city of Aurora. Lawyer David Lane confirmed the settlement Monday, arising from a confrontation that began when police mistakenly believed the car she was driving was stolen. The scene of Gilliam and the girls laying face down in a parking lot caused outrage following racial injustice protests all over the country. The settlement marks the latest Aurora that has to pay a settlement due to police misconduct. A city spokesperson had no immediate comment. Aurora settled with Elijah McLean's family in 2021. The Michigan mother charged in connection with her son's deadly school shooting is awaiting a jury verdict. The jury went home today without having reached one. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Ten women and seven men from all walks of life deciding the fate of Jennifer Crumbly. The Michigan mother charged with involuntary manslaughter over the deadly shooting her son Ethan carried out at Oxford High School in 2021. Four students were killed. Prosecutors argued Crumbly was grossly negligent as a parent, helping to buy the gun Ethan used and ignoring warning signs her son was seriously troubled. She pleaded not guilty with her 
her lawyers arguing Ethan's rampage could not have been foreseen. Crumbly's husband, James, is also charged and faces his own trial in March. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Russian media and rights groups say the first publicly known cases have emerged of Russian authorities penalizing people under a court ruling that outlawed LGBTQ plus activism as extremism. At least three people who displayed rainbow-colored items have received jail time or fines. Last year's Supreme Court ruling was part of a crackdown on LGBTQ plus people in the increasingly conservative country where, quote, traditional family values have become a cornerstone of President Vladimir Putin's 24-year rule. And the extreme rainfall continues in Southern California, where for more than 24 hours, rain's been falling. More from ABC's Alex Stone. The rain continues to come down here. It's expected to be heavy again overnight into Tuesday, even though it lightened up midday. L.A. Fire Chief Kristen Crowley has a warning as she's asking people to remain off the roads. The hazards of this storm have yet not passed. Her teams have been called to a number of water rescues, car crashes, and mudslides, including one that badly damaged several homes. Alex Stone, ABC News. Los Angeles.